When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the First Down Snapcast. This week I'm joined by regular pundit Stuart Horsfall and Ian Davis. How are you both doing? Alright, not yeah. bad at all. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I feel to the public, Stuart, that you may be putting on a good front, <laughs> but me and Ian know that's a lie. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm battling through, That's let's put it that way. Yes. <laughs> So obviously we've had the first week of the season in, so let's get into the news from the first weekend. NFL news and rumours. First news story I'd like just to pick up on this week is Le'Veon Bell. Who wants to start with Mr. Bell this week? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go we'll first. Start because of his fantasy league. So yeah, I'm going to go first because I had a premonition that something might not be quite right with Bell when I did my fantasy draft and as you guys know because we're in the same league I picked up James Connor in I think it was the I don't know the last round or something 17th round or 16th round and absolute stroke of genius so uh, he's worked brilliant for me I, I, to be honest I'm getting to the point now where Bell can do what he wants I've got James Connor and quite frankly James Connor was brilliant this weekend um, he actually did more in week one than Bell has done over the last two years or something which um says to me that the Steelers totally trust Connor um, and I'd be surprised to see um, Bell in a, a Steelers uniform again this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I was actually reading something that about the Packers saying that the Packers should trade him. Um, it makes a bit of sense. I mean, we, we all saw the Packers game, I'm guessing, where Aaron Rodgers turned it around in the second half when he came back. And he, I think he does highlight how one-dimensional the Packers are. If they haven't got Aaron Rodgers, they're nothing. Um, yeah, well, I, I'm going to add to that. Go on, go on then. I'm going I'm to add to that because I also have read somewhere that um, they reckon that the Raiders are going to go in for Bell and they reckon that the only reason that they traded Mack 
was because they knew that, that, that they, he didn't really want to sign and that he was to get the picks in to be able to go after Bell. Because well, let's be the, honest, Lynn... Yeah, that's another thing with the Packers. The Packers have got two first-round picks next year. I think they, they've got one from the Saints, I believe. So they've also got a first-round pick to deal. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but... The, the rumours are that Bell's not going to come back until week 10 because after week 10 is the amount of money that he loses increases. So, but I don't, I don't know. And I don't think it's helping the fact that he's tweeting during the games either. Um, and the, the one thing that I did laugh was, um, and I was going to mention this in the honourable mentions, but when James Connor scored his touchdown, he ran over to the lineman that had commented about Bell's tweets yeah. last week, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. And that's the other thing about Bell, that his own teammates now are slating him. Well, the all lines well, turned the t- on him, aren't they? You're not, yeah, you're t- not going to bring him back, are you, when you're doing that? No, I can't see. I can't see how we can come back now to Pittsburgh. I, I think his teammates have, have. I think they're fed up with him now. But yeah, I think the, he's even been. He doesn't even get mentioned on depth chart now, does he? Whereas last week he was still on it. Whereas now he's completely yeah, he gone. Now. Yeah, yeah, well, they've dropped it. That I mean, that's that's even more. Have they still got a fifty-two man roster though? Is there still a space available for him if he was to come back? I've not checked the total number. I'm assuming it'll be still at fifty-two. Yeah, but I mean, it, the fact that they've got all three of the running backs. In the roster, fifty-three. Yeah, but I think they 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 can name fifty-two and leave one open just in case he comes because back. The fact that he's not signed the tender, he's officially not a player, is he? Of the roster. Yeah. Anyway. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out, but I, I mean, I th- I've said all along that I'm not comfortable. Well, I, I'm not a big fan of the way that Bell's gone about this, and a lot of people have said that he's the best running back in the league, and you know he deserves the money. But he, you're only worth what someone's willing to pay you, and it's quite obvious that the Steelers aren't willing to pay you. Um, and I think there's ways and means you go about it. I think the way that Odell Beckham went about his contract renewal was exemplary, and I, I think um, the way Bell's gone about it has been completely abysmal, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure this won't be the last time we touch on it in this podcast during the season. Um, no so, another player who's now moved on to his third team since the end of last season is Corey Coleman. He's now signed for the New England Patriots. He was actually trying we out the Cardinals, and now he's obviously moved on to the Patriots. Interesting. Can I can I go first on this before Stuart does? Yeah, go on then. Because no, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> because I believe we we Stuart was calling himself the NFL Whisperer last week, wasn't he? No, you can, I don't. I, I, I did well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure that was what was said. Um, and I don't know whether you saw this, Richard, but I did see something from Stuart. Somebody had talked about Coleman possibly going to the Patriots. Stuart's reply underneath was, no, yeah, I can't I, I, see, I that happen. see that. And then hours, it any, that will not happen. And the guy underneath felt but I think it's just happened. These things done. And do you know what? What's more weird is I still can't see it happening, even though I know it's already been done. I still can't see it. I still can't see it. And the thing is, you know, we talk about Belichick a lot and. Coleman's got a lot of ability and he's obviously got a lot of issues as well. Now, Belichick won't stand for them. And I think it could be a good move. It could go one way or the other. I think Belichick will either turn him round or he'll ship him straight out, one or the other. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone in the first four weeks. Now, 
the problems that Corey Coleman had when he got traded to Buffalo was not only did he have his off-field issues, which I think are well documented, but he couldn't pick up the Bills' playbook. He struggled to pick up the playbook. Now, that was one of the main reasons that Bills decided to part company with him, and that and he was only there, what, two weeks. I can't see Bill Belichick sticking with him if he can't pick up the Patriots' playbook. And I'm not being funny. I reckon the Patriots' playbook is probably a lot more... Um, is, it's probably a lot harder to pick up than the Bills playbook would be. Because I think the Bills need uh, have got a playbook that's a little bit gone back to basics, and, and obviously the Patriots won't be like that. So I can't see him picking up the playbook as quickly as Belichick's going to want to. I think he'll be gone within four weeks. Well, I really do. He's gone in on the depth chart straight in at number four, behind Hogan's obviously number one, Dorset, Patterson, then it's Coleman. Obviously Edelman will come back week five, which will put him back to number one receiver, which puts him down to five. Patriots don't normally take five wide receivers in a season. And what about Dez? Probably Dez is probably going to the Patriots. Well, that well that opens <laughs> up another can of worms, doesn't it? With the whole yeah. he's, Corey Coleman will but, definitely go if Des Bryant rocks up. Well, let's 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 let's. There's a scenario. What's more likely in this scenario that Corey Coleman catches a pass for the Patriots in a, a regular season game, or he gets released? Which is more likely to happen? The latter. I think. I think he'll catch it pass. You think he'll catch it? I think he's more likely to get released. Because no, by, by the actual time he learns that playbook, it's going to be into week five and they're going to be getting Edelman back. So I, I just can't see how he's going to surpass Dorset, Patterson, Hogan and Edelman, how he's even going to get on the field. And Dorset started Col- brilliant in week one. Coleman will catch a pass in week three, I reckon. Well, let's revisit this in week three then. Yeah. I, I I, I I still can't see. I think that um, they've got him because he was a former first-round pick and there was a lot touted about him. And I think they've got him on the off chance that he may be able to do something. And I think they'll quickly realise that he's the, the college football that he was used to and the NFL are, are polar apart and he'll struggle. And I can't see I can't see Bills being that crap to pass up on someone. Yeah, they're, you know they're, they're in desperate need of players, aren't they? Yeah, it's not like uh, uh, Brandon LaFell where they've picked up a, an ageing receiver. This is a young receiver, but, you know, the Browns and the Bills would have given, would have kept him if there was a glimmer of hope. So that's two other teams that have completely binned off on him. Now, I, I, knowing me, I'll probably get this completely and utterly wrong, but I can't see him lasting at the Patriots. I can't even see him taking a snap at the um, Patriots. I can't see him getting a reception. And then, obviously, going on, it's been mentioned more since Tuesday. It got mentioned again yesterday. It's been mentioned today that Dez could head to Patriots. He's publicly come out and said he wants to play with Gronk and Edelman and Hogan. What do we think? Of course he does. You see, I... He's not going to come out and say, I want to go to the Bills, is he? Well, the options have been New England and Washington, but you believe Ian the Washington is just to wind the Cowboys fans up, innit? The thing is, this came about... um, it was at a Beyonce concert at the AT&T with Jerry Jones. And somebody tweeted asking him, saying to him, are you, coming, are you going to come back to us? And he basically said, no way on earth. I'm most likely signing the contract with the Patriots. Or poss- and then he, he said something about Washington, which I, I, there's, I don't think there's any chance of going to the Patriots either, to be honest. I hope he does, because as you know, I've got him in fantasy team. But... I, I just don't... He, he's just spouting rubbish now. 
So he's making himself to... look an idiot, I think. But going but back to if, if... point there, is this one of these where, what's more likely, Dez is going to find a team or just not sign with anyone in 2018? Well, I think it's getting like that now. Until but somebody... I mean... Yeah, my 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 thought on this is, if Patriots were actually after Des Bryant, why would they be signing Corey sign Coleman? Coleman? You'd just go after Des Bryant and get him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I don't know. It just seems a bit weird. I I can't see unless there's some significant significant injuries. Yeah. Who who is he likely to sign for? Because the teams that actually could do with him are teams like the Bills, and going there, he. He won't go to the Bills, so that counts them out. Who out? Who actually else would probably do with his abilities? Let's say, I'd say Cardinals could probably do with someone like him. Are you've Cardinals going to go after him? No, you've got to look at somebody. I think who have got a good number one wide receiver and not much else. Well, that's what I mean. That's why I said the Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals, not... yeah, Cardinals are a prime example. Yeah. Are you, um, are you surprised Jags haven't gone for him? Uh, well, Bortles no. would him, would he? Well, I know. Bortles would run past him, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that he's not he, that someone like the Jets maybe has not gone for him because I think te- that. Je- what about the Texans? They don't need him. The Texans don't need him. The Texans have got uh, DeAndre Hopkins and they've got Will Fuller. I don't. I don't see why they need him, yeah, and he's not going to go in as a. He's not going to go yeah, in as a number three. He's not going to go as number three now. So, I think he could go in as number one at the Jets, and I think he'd probably complement someone like Anunwa and Robbie Anderson quite well. Um, the other team that could really do with the wide receiver are the Seahawks, especially that uh, Doug Baldwin's kind of struggling with multiple injuries at the minute. Um, I can't see. Oh, they're resting like, quite. Curse has been injured as well, hasn't he? Yeah, Curse is injured, so they're heavily landing on um, Brandon Marshall at the minute. So yeah. I can't see, I can't, I can see Seahawks maybe going in for him. But a Seahawks, the kind of franchise that would, they would rather rebuild with younger players than they seem pin to be going some hopes. Where now, don't they? Revolt defensive players have let go in the last six months. Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to do anything this season. So why, why pay money for Daz? Yeah, because he's, he's not coming cheap. No, you're not. You're not going to turn a team into a Super Bowl team on the back but of that. No, but Des needs to reevaluate his expectations and what no, he can. He does, but he won't. He won't. Well, he's going to find himself sat on the couch more than sat on the sideline, yeah. then. Isn't he? Which is what we're saying, isn't it? Yeah. He could have been at the Ravens now. Yeah, he could have been. Yeah, but who who wants to go to the Ravens? <laughs> right. Well, I think we'll. Close the news on it this week on Des Bryant's story. So, this is now the part of the season in this show where each week we will discuss the highs and lows of the previous weekend's games. We will also name our offensive player and defensive player of the week. Um, highs, who would like to start with a high? I think, I think it's got to be the Buccaneers, on it? Beating the same. Yeah, do you know. Uh, I mean, the say I, I think this. I before the season started, I was predicting a Saints Jack Super Bowl, and I've only seen the highlights of the Bucks Saints game. I didn't see it all, but that was phenomenal what they did. Well, I, the, the thing is about that. I think um, the the books on paper, if you look at that wide receiving group, we've got um, 
you've got Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. Mike Evans is an absolute beast. Deshaun Jackson is a real speed runner. You've also got in there um, Adam Humphreys and who's the other guy? You've got um, O.J. Howard at tight end, haven't you, as well? O.J. Howard. They've also got another wide receiver. Is it Chris Godwin? Yes, Godwin, second-year rookie. Yeah, so they've got some really good wide receivers. Now, my worry was that Fitzpatrick wouldn't be able to um, use that group. But, oh, my God, Ryan Fitzmagic, what what was that all about? Yeah. And I think I think it really showed up that how young and inexperienced that Saints secondary was. Yeah. Because, I mean... You look at those long bombs that we're getting thrown. Oh, I think there was... Um, Williams, who obviously missed the tackle on the, the on Minnesota Diggs, Miracle on on Diggs, he got absolutely torched for about three touchdowns yeah. by... Oh, it, it was just... And I don't know whether that's just because his confidence is completely shot to pieces from from last year and how his season ended last year, but he looked to be really struggling. He didn't, he didn't look like he could cover anything, um, which... Um, but, but, but to be fair to Fitzpatrick, his passer rating was off the charts... He was at something like 440 yards that he threw. Yeah. It was absolutely phenomenal. And if, but he, if he keeps my, that up, he'll stop Jameis Winston getting back in, won't he? Yeah. Well, my only my That's only other thing about... One, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if um, if he does that every week. But if he plays like that for four weeks, I, Winston might as well just go on holiday or something. My, my only worry about the books is that they don't seem to have a particularly great running game. Um. I mean, what have they got? They've got Barber, who's not great, is he? No. Roland Jones, who's who's a rookie, who's yet to prove anything in the NFL. Well, their running uh, stats. So there's some stuff, some question marks on the running. Well, they did, I don't think they did, they had any running stats, did they? Um, old Fitz Magic just you just started throwing bombs all over the place. I've also got a bit tenuous name drop as well from that game. Um, Justin Evans, who scored what, the pick six for Tampa Bay, we sat next to his mum and dad and had a chat with his mum and dad at a game last year, Tampa Bay and Miami. So me and Justin, you know, we're like, we're like family. Really. Oh. <laughs> it, it was good to see my lad um, get that pick six. First of his, no, second of his career, actually, because he got one in the game we were at. I'd, I'd just like to point out that as a Dallas fan, you are literally clinging on to anything at the minute, aren't you? I, I lost that. I can't hear a thing at the minute. I don't know what you said then. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, as a Dallas fan, you, you John literally... John again, John again. No. Well, I'm going to say anyway, as a Dallas fan, Ian is clinging, like absolutely clinging to anybody else's victories. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you said there, so... I can't comment really. Um, I've got another high <laughs> high point from the weekend, and they didn't win the game, but I think a vast improvement was shown from the Chicago Bears. Oh, that was a great game. Yes. To take the green, like- well, effectively they lost twenty four twenty three to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it, yeah, they did. It was, um, and Khalil Mack in that first half was phenomenal. Yeah, okay. how long's he had? How long's he had to learn the playbook as well? That was, that was my point as well. Less you know, than a week, and he's done that. Yeah, that you know that was crazy, and that that's one that was talking about earlier with Green Bay. They are such a one-man team. You know, I know the quarterbacks the most. Thing. It's, it's the key position, obviously, in any team. 
But I think Green Bay is the one where if you saw it last year as well. If you lose Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I, 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 I think that's a bit unfair on Green Bay. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I don't particularly want to say anything positive about them, but they have got some some good pieces. But I know what you mean. They've got some good pieces, but they've got a lot of really weak pieces as well. Yeah, still I, really, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit harsh, aren't I saying a one man team? You know, they've they've still got Rogers, people like. They've yeah, still got, got people like Clay Matthews and, and Clinton yeah. Dix. They've got two really good wide receivers in um, Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. So they're not like... Clay Matthews, you know, not... nearly, Clay Matthews nearly threw that game away from at the death, though. Did you see that penalty? Yeah, yeah. But he's... He, but you know, yeah, I, know he's what, act... I know what you mean, yeah. He's a class player. And yeah, they are. But if they haven't got Aaron Rodgers there as quarterback, they will not do anything. Yeah. But, but that obviously the game at the weekend, it's going to... Obviously, the coach has come in from Kansas City. He's giving hope to Bears fans that they can actually have a decent season. Yeah, yeah, they played well. Yeah, and to be honest, and I thought Trubisky looks quite quite good as well. Yeah, yeah, um, def- definitely an improvement. Obviously, now being in second season. Yeah, I, I was impressed. He did. Uh, he's out opening drive. Was he four for four and got a touchdown? So. I was impressed with Trubisky, so that I think there's a lot to come from it, which is worrying, really, because I, I really don't need this in the NFC North. I really don't need all teams to be firing. It's a good job Detroit were rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, well, there was terrible. always one team who was going to let that division down, wasn't there? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, mean, I think I did call it, though, that I thought Detroit might come last, but, yeah. Um, how bad did they look? It was shocking. Well... I think I, w- I was talking to Steve, obviously one of the other pundits on this show, earlier today, and he says when your best defensive player is your quarterback, you've got problems. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, d- I did think that... Um, the other thing that impressed me in that game was the way in which Sam Darnold um, performs. I thought that... To say that his first play, he threw a pick six... I thought the way that he came back and managed the game from then on in, I thought he was absolutely class. Especially with his age. Um, yeah, yeah especially... To... Yeah, because he threw that pick six, pick six, a lot of players would have gone to pieces, wouldn't they, with that? Definitely. And he just he just he shoved it off. Yeah, it was also... It was also yeah, it was also the fact that the... Uh, it was also the fact that they, on the sideline, they got the cameras right in his face, so he will have known... Like he will know, and he, I think even one of his linemen had to push the camera away to get it out of his face. So he will have known the pressure that he was under. And a lot of Jets fans will have been sat there going, "Oh God, here we go again, another yeah, yeah. duff quarterback." So yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed. Any more highs from anyone else? Well, I, I, I don't think you can talk about highs without mentioning Tariq um, Hill, can you? Well, what an absolute! What an absolute! I, don't, I just is there, is there anybody in the in the that's that, name a better wide receiver than him at the minute? I don't think there is one. He's an absolute monster. The, the, what he was able to do on Sunday was just ridiculous. You will it kept coming up on the red zone while we were watching in Leeds, and it was every time you saw him, he was just off. Yeah, he was just he was just chewing up the yards. I just the thing is it gets me is about like you can say that there is other players in the and in the NFL that are probably as fast as him like you know John Ross for example at the Bengals but Tariq Hill is like built with it he's like he like barges his way through tackles as well he's just uh, he's in for an absolute monster year he's in for... just looking at his um, stats from Sunday 
he, got, he had seven receptions, 169 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. He got a 91-yard punt return. He's just yeah, um, but again, also in that in that game, I thought Patrick's Mahomes looked really good as well. Um, a lot better than I thought he would in his first his first season. So you know, I got that one a little bit wrong. I thought he'd struggle, but yeah, he looked see, really I picked, good. I picked him, Stuart. I said he would have a good season. He looks promising. Yeah, I mean, I, I but, thought that he would be good in the long run. I didn't expect him to be that good that quick. But I mean, I hope he keeps up with because it, obviously the more teams there is that are playing at a good level, then the better the game's going to be. Yeah, and I think the thing is, Mahomes is going to throw those long bombs, and he's throwing him to, him to Tyreek Hill all the time. And well, this is this is this is this is the other thing why I think Hill's going to have a, a good year is because. Under Smith, I think Smith was a, a, a very more conservative quarterback, yeah. and they they had the playbook to match his kind of his preferences. Whereas now, I think they've opened the playbook because Mahomes will just fling it, and yeah. that kind of plays into Hill's um, skill set really, especially with Hill's yeah, speed. Yeah, Mahomes is going to say right, I'm throwing it there, and because go, of that game, on, that game on Sunday. Oh, every the first six games last year at Kansas, everyone was talking about Kareem Hunt. He hardly got a mention on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I think if you've got uh, Kareem Hunt in your fantasy team, you should probably just trade him out. Should you should you trade him somebody else in the league, Stuart? <laughs> I, well, I I think I think you should definitely drop him. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's got Kareem Hunt. Do you? No, no, I mean, if if you're sensible, you've already dropped him. Um, so, obviously that's a hard... I'm not trading, Stuart, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you're so miserable, Ian. As you may be able to guess, listeners, there may be in a trade proposal today. It's not gone down well. No, we, yeah, we're not in a trade proposal, by the way. <laughs> no, Ian's too old, old and miserable to be trading. <laughs> so, obviously, with every high... There is lows in the league, and I don't think we can start anywhere other than Buffalo. Can anyone explain what we saw on Sunday? So, my question about this was, um, were Buffalo really poor, or were Ravens really good? That's, that's bit, the funny thing now. Everybody's assuming Buffalo were terrible, which, to be fair, they did look terrible. But, is it that the Ravens were quite good? A lot of it, they're quite good, I don't know. I, I, read, a stat, I read a stat somewhere, I can't, I can't remember if this is true, but in the first half, the Ravens had more points than um, Peterman had had passing yards. <laughs> what, is that in his career or just in that game? Oh, it's probably in his career, but I think it was definitely just in that game. Which, which made me laugh. So he was 26 at half time. Didn't he, Didn't he have a passer rating of zero? I think it was mentioned. That wouldn't be his first time, would it? Well, no, his deb- that was his debut as well, wasn't it, against Chargers last year? Yeah. My, my whole worry now is I think they're actually going to ruin um, Josh Allen. Well, what, yeah, what, I think what gonna... was that all about? Half time, obviously, that far behind in the game. And then they just throw Josh yeah. Allen on, and his first ball was a yeah. pick. I just don't think they should play Josh Allen. I think they should effectively write this season off. Don't panic and start throwing in a rookie quarterback because you don't want to boot him. Yeah, 
my question is, I mean, is his his talent going to shine through if he's getting battered every week? Or is it or is he going to go into himself and basically have all his confidence destroyed and his ability will go with it? It's an interesting because the Bills have already named him as the starter for this weekend. Yeah, they have. I th- I think if they get another pound in this week, they should just stick with Peterman, as bad as he is, and not ruin Josh Allen. No, and plant- that, that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to wreck a new quarterback before he's even got out of the ground. Exactly, and they reckon that this kid's got a lot of talent, and they reckon he's got a bright future ahead of him. But don't. Don't waste that future just for the sake of a season where effectively you're not going to win anything anyway. You know, you've got to build for the future. Yeah, and they've got the charges this weekend, so that's not an easy game. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm out of that because I've just been checking your stat, Stuart. And they scored 26 points in the first half. And what I'm looking at is their total yardage was 70. And Josh Allen through for 74. I can't see Peterman's figures. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills website I seem to have dropped him off completely. So I'm guessing that stat is correct. Do you think he's retired overnight? I wouldn't be surprised. Is he even, a, is he even NFL quality for a backup? I don't know. So, just obviously on the back of your stat as well there, Ian. Um, Peterman played four games last year. Um, he threw 79 yards, 66 yards, 50 and 57. And he contributed to two passing touchdowns. That's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I feel like he's going to be one of the quarterbacks who is just going to drop out of the league. Another said it was all hope yeah. for him, but. It might be, and it looks like potentially he was mismanaged in the build last year by getting thrusted into the team. But that's what happens when you bring a rookie quarterback into a league and put him in too early. Yeah. What's even worse about that? Twenty-four yards. He's got, he got twenty-four yards on Sunday. So yeah, and Buffalo got twenty. Um, Baltimore got twenty-six points. Don't forget his one. So what, don't forget what? his one rushing yard on Sunday. <laughs> well, what's yeah, more? What's more frustrating from a Bills fan is the fact that they're now rushing Allen into the team, but they traded away AJ McCarron, a player that could have actually helped them in this situation yeah. now. Yeah, that was a, well. I think we discussed it on the podcast at the time that how strange that was. Is that she's moved to Oakland to sit behind Carr, whereas if he'd stayed, he'd have probably been playing. He would have been weekend. the starter. He'd have been starting against Chargers this weekend. You'd have been better off punting Nathan Peterman to the touchline, telling him to go be a bin man or something, and getting AJ McCarron to start. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not good. Um, any more of those from the past week? I'm sure Stuart wants to talk about Eli Manning. Oh, yes, I'll talk about Eli Manning as well. He was, he was shocking, wasn't he? He was, as he usually is, shocking. He was awful. And every pass that was completed seemed to be a New York wide receiver diving to get the ball. It was normally Odell, wasn't it? Well, yeah, normally, because that's what they do, isn't it? They throw to Odell, because he'll dive and and make it. But, yeah, terrible. I'm hoping that continues this week. 
I also felt for, I mean, I know that they were up against the Jags and I don't think he's probably going to come up against um, as much a competition as he did. But I, I thought Barkley really struggled as well. I think he only just had that one breakout run for 68-yard touchdown. But he was getting... He was getting stuffed a lot, and I don't, and I don't know. That's it's it's a bit harsh because he's coming up against that Jags defense, which is is phenomenal. But I think people are expecting more from him. But a bit only time will tell with that one. Yeah, Eli looked very rigid on Sunday, and I've, I've spoken to a few Giants fans since, and a lot of them wish he had just gone that end of last year because he's not. There could have been better just picking a rookie draft player up or getting. Going for someone maybe like Bridgewater and bringing him in just for a season. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd hope he stays for another three or four years, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, though, you could just draft a, a, a quarterback that can't actually throw the ball. That would be your other option. Well, well, we'll get to see on Sunday, though, won't we? Because it's Giants against Cowboys this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a dull game, isn't it? Oh, you two are cutting out again. Sorry, I don't know what's happening. It's, it's, it's literally going to be down to who runs the most, Barkley or Elliot, isn't it? It is, and I, I do think, I do actually think Dallas are going to win. I know I'm jumping ahead now because we're going to talk about week two, but I think Dallas will win, and I think you that's the difference. I think our defence will do a decent job, because I do, I do think Dallas have got a good defence, particularly against the Rush this year. I think they'll do a decent job of stopping Barkley, and I think Zeke... We'll have a better week this week. Yeah. Um, anyway, back back to week one, just because yeah, Ian gets ahead of himself. Um, a couple of other things that, that I thought... Um, another high for me was um, Adrian Peterson's performance for the Redskins. I thought that was um, to get his 100th career touchdown. Um, and I think he got 120 yards or something from scrimmage, which was that was really good. Um, another low point was... Um, San Francisco looking really thin on the ground with regards wide receivers. They took another injury, didn't they? Um, and he, at one point, I think they were operating the fullback out as a as a option as a catcher. Um, looks like I think Kittle might be getting quite a lot of targets in the next couple of weeks because they are thin on the ground on the old wide receiver. I think Pettis, who's a real uh, rookie that they drafted quite late on, he's he seems to be their main option at the minute. So um, that's a shame for them because that. It'd be nice to see what Garoppolo could have done. Um, other standouts. I thought Smith had a good game, obviously. I've got one for us here. So, it's a ha- this this game has got a high, a low, and, well, just anything Cleveland. So, Cleveland started with the best record since 2004, is it? Ben Roethlisberger was awful. And yeah, when the kicker lined up for Cleveland, I think everyone all agreed that he was going to miss. And he did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. I was just something about the way that he came on at the field. Well yeah, they had the chance yeah, of the kick as well. But, but, to be honest, I mean, in just the, the rain was coming down like mad. That wasn't, they weren't good kicking auditions, were they, for either team no. towards the end? You know, so. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, they weren't they weren't they weren't great passing conditions either. And I think at least one of the picks that um, Big Ben threw was weather related. It wasn't ability related. Yeah, he still did have a few bad decisions. What he did in that game. Yeah, he did. He did. And uh, um, but I, I think the weather played a part in it. But you know, you, you got to play to the conditions, aren't you? 
Yeah, and Cle- Cleveland yeah. did take advantage of a bit of that. And Ty- um, Tarod Taylor had a quite an interesting Tyrod. game, really, didn't he? Old T Rod. So, yeah, he did. So it's got a bit. I, I know that it was a draw, but it is a positive for Cleveland. Well, it's the best. It's the best start since two thousand and four, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. They don't get any better because they've got New Orleans this week. So, yeah. yeah. What what did we what did we make of the Rams Raiders game? Well, I've got I've got an interesting one for that afterwards. John Gruden was ruined the fact that they couldn't get after Jared Goff, and he said we need to try and figure out the reasons why. Well, he traded Khalil Mack. Well, let's look over to Chicago, shall we? Yeah, but don't yeah. you think? Did you don't, don't you did think you, that? Did you, that? Oh, sorry, Stu. Did you see the uh, the Derek Carr pick six where he just dollied it up as well for the oh, cornerback? That, that, that was brilliant. Yeah. I think that's like one of the worst passes I've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Rams are a decent team, aren't they? Let's not, you know, let's not get away from that. Um, yeah. But the Raiders are going to struggle this year, aren't they? Yeah. yeah my, 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 my man Cooper Cup doing it. Yeah. R.I.P. Cup. Yeah, rest in peace, Cup. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then, so it's going to go around here what we're going to do each week. So, an offensive player and a defensive player of the week from you, Stuart. Um, so, I'm going to be on the defensive player. I was torn, really. I was torn between the performance that Khalil Mack put in for the Bears because I thought to say that he's only been there a short space of time, to, to say how disruptive he was... Um, that, I thought that was really impressive. I was also really impressed with Miles Garrett as well at uh, at the Browns. I thought he had a phenomenal game and he gave that that Steelers um, offense some real problems. But my um, my defensive player of the week is going to go to Harrison Smith, who got um, he forced the fumble on the goal line. He got a sack. He got the game winning interception. He got several tackles. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I'm going to go my defensive player of the week is Harrison Smith, and I'm a little bit biased as well. You can't do that every week, you know. You're going to have I can't to. do that every week, no. Um, and my offensive player of the week, I, I just don't think there is any any other option than Tariq Hill. I thought the I thought he was probably the best player in the league on on the at the weekend. Um, how about you, Ian? Well, I'm, I'm similar in some ways. Um, I was looking at Khalil Mack, you know, particularly in the first half. He, he, I won't say he faded away in the second, but he, didn't, he, was still, he still did a decent job. But obviously, the way things went in that game, he was quieter. But I think, obviously, uh, my man, Justin Evans, Tampa Bay. Oh, my man. You, you sound like, I think you sound like the you know, me, me brother, me brother. Justin Evans, I think, gets my defensive player of the year of the week. Well, I'm going to say the year, but he probably will get that as well if we go back to this later in the season. <laughs> Just because he met his mum. <laughs> yeah, and his dad, and his dad. I met them both. Yeah, oh, family. Dear. Did you invite yourself around for tea or something? They're from. Do you know where they're from? They're from Minnesota, mate. Well, he's bound. He's, he's bound to be good, then, isn't he? Yeah. He'll be at yeah. Vikings next year, then. Um, offensive player. I get what you're saying about Tyreek Hill. Um, for me, we've already talked about him at length. Ryan Fitzpatrick, what he did. You know, he's come in. I can't even say any more about it. We've already covered it all. The throws he was doing were great. You, you, you can't fault him. 
Yeah. What, what are yours then, Rich? So, defensive player of the week. I've sort of been rooting from last year, and then I thought obviously this year. It's just in Evans. No, unfortunately, it's All not. Right. It's not just Evans. So I rooted from. I hear what you're saying, year, but you're wrong. And for the second season, it's gonna look good. But Miles Garrett, that defensive line for yeah. Cleveland, he showed a bit of experience this weekend. Showed it, showed it up a bit. Five tackles, two sacks on Roethlisberger. Um, and I'm, sh- I'm sure it's going to get improved throughout the year with his having the year last year. So, Miles Garrett for me, defensive player at week. And unfortunately, Ian, I will have to side with uh, Stewart on this with Tyree Kill this week. No, I get where you're both coming from on that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other one that I was thinking about on the offensive player of the week was just because of the probably the pressure that he was under was J- James Conner at Pittsburgh. I thought he had a phenomenal game as well. To say that um, under the pressure of, of is Bell going to play, is Bell not going to play, where is he going to be, to get his head straight and, and perform like that, I thought that was quite impressive as well. Yeah. So it's that time of the week of the show where we do a two-minute drill with one of the members of our group this week, Stephen Logan. Who is your favourite team and why? My favourite team is Baltimore Ravens and they're just the best team in the league. <laughs> uh, just the team that I, I, I fancied and watched and they're the team that stood out to me more than anyone else. When did you first get into the NFL and how did you get into the NFL? <laughs> I got into the NFL, it's going back a few years now. Um, God, I can remember many. Uh, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease um, and I actually was living in Wales at the time and I had to come back to Scotland from operations um, and then I was kind of not working for about a year so I was kind of sat at home uh, my folks home was twiddling my fingers um, bored and I decided that yeah it was time to get into a new sport and American football was going to be the one I tried um, and just kind of went from there I got Game Pass I sat and watched pretty much every team um, to see who I wanted to follow and got more into it and understood the rules more um, and it was Ravens that stood out to me more than anyone with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis um, just being the go-to guys on that defence and just the, the you know the dominance and uh, just the drive and the fight and the determination they had it's just, it was amazing to watch um, and that's, that's what got me into NFL and into Ravens as well who is your favourite player of all time and why? Favourite player, again, going on my, my last answer, really, Ray Lewis. Um, it was him, it was watching him that got me into NFL and into Ravens and following Ravens. Um, he's just he's just all my, my all-time favourite player. Um, and I got to meet him um, the other year in London and I was absolutely blown away. Um, just, he's like... He's like my, my favourite idol player um, And to meet him was just absolutely unreal He got me through a lot of bad times With my Crohn's And to meet him and not tell him that And he was so humbled by it um, Just shows me how amazing he was uh, And the fact that he stopped to see my daughter a couple of times uh, Just helped show how awesome he was If you could have a current play from any of the other teams In your roster right now Who would it be and why? If I could have any other player Do you know what? A lot of them, uh, Part of me said I should go for a big wide right, um, but I've really, really admired since I've seen him come into the league as Alvin Kamara. I think he's a cracking little player. Um, he's just so versatile. Um, so yeah, I'd probably take Alvin Kamara um, in our uh, in our back. Uh, I say our backfield, uh, but our back binder 
offensive line. I think he would do a lot of damage, um, along with Flacco and LG8 when he takes over. Um, we're starting to look good, but yeah, Alvin Kamara would be an amazing addition for us if I could take someone. Are you for a London franchise or not for a London franchise? London franchise. Do you know what? It's hard. Um, I suppose if I lived more closer to London, I'd be more pro for it. But being away up in Scotland, it's a long, long journey for me to get down for the games anyway. Um, it would be good to see, I think. I just, I just don't know how it would all pan out and how they'd do it. So... <sighs> I suppose I'm on the fence with that one, really. It's, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence, really. On the fence. If you could visit any NFL stadium in the United States, which one would it be and why? If I could, any, if I could visit any any stadium, it's got to be Baltimore, really. I've never been there yet, and it's just one of my things on my bucket list. You know, I'd love to go and see Baltimore Ravens play in, in Baltimore Stadium. It'd just be... A massive check off the list of uh, doing something. I mean, another one I'd maybe like to do is probably from my college side of things. Uh, I'd love to go and see Florida Gators at the Swamp. Uh, that would just be pretty cool as well. So if I, if I can do two in two in one visit, that'd be kind of uh, mission accomplished. If you could play NFL, what position would you want to be for on that team? Would it be a defensive player, an offensive player, or special teams? Gotta be offense. Uh, I'd probably want to play running back, and just because I would just be that type of person to say, "Give me the ball and let me run." Um, I got called Whippet when I played football because I was really fast. So yeah, running back makes sense. Give me the ball, let me take off. Who is the greatest coach of all time? Best coach. Um, I'd have to say there's there's probably a, a, tie, a joint joint two on that. Um, Tom Landry thought he was just genius um, and of course most people's choices uh, Vince Lombardi uh, but yeah Tom Landry would have to be in as well such a such a good coach um, so yeah I'd, I'd say it's tied between those two greatest draft pick by your team worst draft pick by your team greatest draft pick Ray Lewis <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that um, I just you know what? What I mean, you could go on and on, but why he was the best pick? But yeah, I think his uh, playing career, his stats, everything speaks for itself. So Ray Lewis. Uh, if I was to hint at another little one that I think is going to be a gold mine in the future is uh, Lamar Jackson. That was just a bit of drafting gold by Ozzy Newsome um, in his last draft. I think he's going to be a little gold mine for us. I'm so chuffed that we took him because followed him all through his college career, um, and he is he is going to be a cracking quarterback. Worst pick I was fuming about it at the time when we drafted him uh, Brashad Perryman uh, Nothing against the kid We really hope he does well But we had We had Stefan Diggs Out for workouts And he looked amazing And you know We took Brashad Perryman um, So yeah still that, That's always going to annoy me But yeah, there you go. Ray, Ray Lewis and LJ8, probably the best picks. And Brashad, I would say, is probably the worst one. Thanks for your time today, Stephen. If anyone else would like to get involved with the first down Snapcast and do the two minute drill, if you drop us a message on our Facebook page or send an email to thefirstdownuk at gmail.com. So, we're now heading into week two, so we're just going to have a quick look at some games this weekend. What are coming up and first one I want to mention is 
Kansas against Pittsburgh Steelers. So Pittsburgh obviously wanting to bounce back from the draw with Cleveland and Kansas on fire. Does anyone see any shocks in this one? Is Kansas going to go on 2-0? I think they are, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I think at, they are as well. You look at Ben. He talked about... And I don't know if it was after a Kansas game. He played Kansas last year. And he had a shocking game. And he actually talked about retirement after the game. And said maybe he's gone on too long. And that, you know, he's, he's obviously been a great quarterback. But... Is he going on too long now? Well, uh, you know, we look, and he might, he might bounce back. You know, he's got, he's got people to throw to there, hasn't he? But um, I don't know. I, he's not, he's not the Roethlisberger really was, is he? Yeah. My, my only, con- my only concern about this game is that I, I think the the Kansas defense needs to step up to the level that the offense is playing at. I don't know if they can concede 30 points every week and keep putting pressure on the offence to score 30-plus points every week. Um, and I think the, they're going to come up against um, a Steelers team that are going to be a little bit burnt from what happened in week one and uh, the Kansas City are going to get the backlash. I mean, I think Kansas are probably still going to come out on top, but I think it's probably going to be... I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. But you're right, it's probably going to come down to how Ben re- reacts... Yeah. Does he start thinking, actually, I ain't got it anymore, I'm going to retire, or does he think, I'm going to show people? Yeah. yeah. Because last year, he was almost talking as if he might just walk away. Yeah, the, the, mid-season. The, you think he was going to, in mid-season, you thought he was going to walk away, yeah. weren't we? It was week, week five, something like that, and he start, after that he started to improve, but he was almost talking as if he was going to walk away. So, so we, all got, we all got in Kansas win on that one. Yeah. 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 Um, another one I've said I'm going to really find this hard now to get a straight answer out of Stuart but Stuart at Lambeau Lambeau failed it's Vikings and Packers are Vikings going to take no, you mean, out down at, down at Lambrini Field um, I think this is going to be um, I think we're going to get um, the Sack King's going to come along and um, he's probably going to injure Rodgers again let's be honest Um I can't say anything other than a Vikings way. I think the Vikings, you know, with putting a my sensible level-headed head on, I think the Vikings all round are a better team than the Green Bay. Um, what Green Bay have got is they've got a bit of magic in Rodgers um, and it's whether the team performance can outweigh the magic, if you know what I mean. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I think Rodgers will keep him in it, but I just think the Vikings will just have all round too much. And I think that the, the defence and especially the secondary that we've got will will hopefully not be as um accepting as the Bears secondary was. You'd hope not, yeah. yeah. You'd think they'll pick things up from video clips, won't they, from from that game. Yeah, and I mean I have got in the honourable mentions I have got something that I'm gonna mention about that game. But um yeah, I, th- I just think the Vikings are going to have a bit too much for... Um, I mean, it'll be hard because it's at Lambeau, but I, I do think the Vikings are going to go 2-0. What about you, Ian? What do you think on that one? I think Stuart said more or less exactly what I was going to say. It, you've got... We've already talked about Aaron Rodgers, and, but they haven't got the strength in depth that Minnesota have got. And so I can't, I can't see anything but Minnesota winning that. I think exactly the same as Stuart. I think Aaron Rodgers will throw some good balls and it'll be a fairly close game. But Minnesota are going to win that, without a doubt. Definitely. And 
can I just say I've just checked my prediction list because I do a prediction league and uh, after we've all picked Kansas City in the previous one, I picked Pittsburgh when I picked the teams. So I think I messed up there. Can you, can you, can you re-edit that list? Have you got time or is it locked down now? I don't know. I need to check that. <laughs> it's, it's that what, that's what comes with old age, and you forget what you're doing. I do, yeah. I do, Simon. I always struggle with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the third of our week, the third game out of our four we're looking at this week, this weekend is um, there's another NFC South battle this week. The Carolina Panthers are travelling to Atlanta, so either Carolina are going two and or Atlanta are going to stop the rot. Obviously, Atlanta were very unlucky not to beat Philly in the opener, and Carolina towards the end started showing weaknesses against Dallas. How do you see this one going in? How have you got that as a game of the that? I just I think Atlanta will walk it. Carolina was shocking to me on Sunday. Dallas were terrible. Carolina was shocking. I think Atlanta, I think, by about 20 points. I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, I think, I, I, to be honest, I agree. I, I think my only concern is that Dion Jones for um, Atlanta is, is injured, hasn't he? He's been put on IR and it looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season. So that's a big blow for the for the Falcons' defence. But I, I, I totally agree. I think... The Falcons should have beaten the Eagles. I think they messed up in that fourth yeah. quarter. Um, I can't see anything other than a, a Falcons win here. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Cam Newton. I'm not a big fan of the fact that he, he wants to run it all the time. And, and I know that that's what makes him a threat and that's what makes Cam Newton. But for me, I don't think you can build an offence on that. I think when you look at what um, what the Falcons have got in Coleman, Freeman, Ridley, um, Julio... Um, they've got Austin Hooper as well. They're just a, again, they're a better all-round team, um, and I think Falcons are going to go a long way this season. I think they'll win yeah. this comfortably. Yeah, and Panthers have lost Olsen as well, haven't they now? So yeah. yeah. Oh, Greg. Yeah. To be fair though, Gregory should just give up. Oh, Gregory, he should just give up. Yeah. And the fourth and final game, we have a repeat of the AFC Championship game down in Jacksonville. That- are we... This is the one I really want to watch this week. So this is the, the late game on Sky at 20 past nine on Sunday. Are we are we going to get the right result this time and are Jacksonville going to get the victory, which you should have got yeah. in the AFC game? Yes, I think this is where you show that Jacksonville are going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. We've got, you know, we've already talked about New England and they've got, you know, we're talking about the wide receiving core and it's shuffling about, they might... Sign Coleman, Edelman's out. I, I can't see the New England offence doing much against Jacksonville. But are we, are we saying Jacksonville are going to win this game, though, because of the D? Because I know Stuart will be jumping to yes. talk about Blake in a minute. Yes, I am. I think, uh, yeah, I know they've got Blake Bortles still. I don't, I, and I, you agree with me on this, Richard, that Bortles isn't as bad as everybody says, and I joke about him as well. He's he, not, yes, he is. He's, he's, he, all, he's all right. He's yes, not as yes, bad as everyone is. is, but what's with. Yes, he is. They haven't got. Have they got Fournette this weekend? No. I'm sure Fournette's out, isn't he? Armstring injury, yeah. So if you take yeah. Fournette out, you're relying on Blake to run or find <laughs> Cole and D.D. <laughs> Westbrook. So effectively, <laughs> we are saying if the Jags are going to win, they need the D. Well, put, let's put it like... They, 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 they had another running back on Sunday, didn't they? T.J. Yeldon. T, 
JJ Allen. All right, let, let's just put it out there. How how bad do we think the Giants is as a team, and how bad do we think the the Giants' defense is? Because I think that's yeah, the Giants' secondary. The Giants' secondary isn't much to write home about. And Blake Bortles really struggled to put any oh, points right, on him. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. He really struggled to yeah, put any points yeah. on him. And he actually yeah. relied he was a, on he was points from his defence. Yeah. And now, that's why I think he's and bad. His, and he, his kicker. When Blake, yeah, when Blake Bortles comes up against teams that a, a reasonably good quarterback should be punishing, he doesn't... And that's what worries me. But don't get me wrong, every now and again, you'll see Blake Bortles will have a game where he puts 40 points on someone and everybody goes, oh, he's not that bad. And he did that last year against, was it against the Ravens at Wembley? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, he was, great. He... he was great at Wembley. and He did all right in the playoffs, didn't he? He didn't. He ran more than he threw. <laughs> this is what gets me about it. You want a consistent quarterback that he's consistently moving the chains and Blake Bortles is not that quarterback. I think he, I know I know what you're saying because if they had a different quarterback there, when we're talking, I mean, well, we're talking. I'm talking. I think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. I think they'll get to the Super Bowl. If they had a good quarterback, I'd be saying, yeah, they're nailed on. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I put it this way. I, I think the only thing that's going to go against the Jaguars is if they come up against an offense that can score more points than their defense can stop, if you see what I mean. That's what I think it'll come down to. I think this game against New England, whereas, yes, I think the Jags' defense will totally dominate New England, I think that the New England defense will comparatively dominate the uh, Jags' offense. Do you see what I mean? So it's it's about who actually does which offense does better and, against the defense that they're up against. And you're probably going to say, and that's where the challenge is. Tom Brady's going to pick out a pass more than Blake Bortles, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's Jack, what that's what. Yeah, but it's not comparable because Jacksonville's defense is far better than New England defense. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But New England's offense is far better than Jacksonville's yes, offense. That's is, what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, I still think when you weigh that up, Jacksonville are going to come out on top. Now they might not. I don't disagree that they might come out on top this weekend. But what I'm saying is, in the long run, and when, as you get later into the season, you're going to be coming against some good teams in the championship. No, hang on a minute. We're talking about New England now. If Jacksonville can come out on top against New England, with these other teams, because if Jacksonville can beat New England, Jacksonville can beat anybody in the AFC. Well, I mean, it's it's only week two, and I'm I'm not overly uh, I'm not overly mad by the 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 New England team, to be honest. At the minute, uh, I think they've got some significant issues, and I think you'll probably find in the FC there'll be teams that come out the woodwork that you didn't expect to come out the woodwork that will make it into the playoffs. Um, don't get me wrong; I think the Jags' defense is probably the best. Well, it is the best in the NFL, but my worry is that I don't think that they can support. Uh, a real push because of that offence well I think I've just had a quick nosy at Jag's schedule and looking at going like up against decent offences who are going to score lots of points where you're then going to need Blake Bortles to come back on the 7th of October Jags have got to play the Chiefs but then obviously they're playing the Eagles at Wembley on 28th of October now Wentz is going to be back by then and the Eagles can score points, so you're then asking Bortles 
to score more points. And the Eagles' defence is decent as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, going off, we're going a bit off topic there. So, this weekend, where are we going, Patriots or Jags? Jags. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Jags as well, but it, it's not it's not down to their offence, it's purely down to the defence. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, we all know I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm going to have to side on that. I'm going to have to say Jags are going to win this weekend, because we should have lost the AFC final game, and it was a referee decision what went the wrong way, so... Jags for me this weekend. So a new segment we've got this week, and it relies on you guys sending us in questions regarding players, any rules you want um, ironing out. So this week, Steve is here to answer all your questions in Coach's Corner. Okay then, Steve, so the first question from one of our listeners is, when teams are looking for a new head coaches, do they have a preference on the offensive or defensive coach, or is it normally to suit what kind of team they've been in the past under the previous coach? It's uh, a good question. I think that it depends entirely on the team's needs at the time. Um, you're going to look for what you need in order to fulfil the requirements and obligations of the team for what they need. I think that when you're, when you're looking for a head coach, you're going kind of beyond scheme as well. Um, Okay, you could say it's an offensive sport, therefore you're likely to get an offensive guy on the uh, on the uh, at the top of the ladder. But to be honest with you, it comes down to culture, organisation, the way you want to uh, approach training camp, the way you want to approach rosters, the way you want to approach everything else. So I, I really think it goes kind of beyond offensive and defensive and more towards the character leadership. Um, you know, if you look at old coaches gone by, like look at Belichick, he's... You know, he is more of a, a defensive coach, but if you ask him on offense, he can probably tell you just as much as anybody else can. Um, but I'd say it definitely requires knowing the team's needs at the time. Yeah, would you would you say that's why Detroit probably went for Patricia in the offseason? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, because I want to say that um, <laughs> the Detroit Lions' problems are uh, on the, the defensive side of the ball. I'd say they've definitely got a lot more problems, as we've seen from week one. Um, when your quarterback is probably the best defensive player of the week, you know you've got an issue. Yeah, big issues there. <laughs> um, how do you think the teams are coping with this new kickoff rule? And do you see kickoff returns reducing for touchdowns with this new rule? Uh, I think the teams are coping really well. I think there's only been one penalty so far, and that was because they had a guy outside the exclusion zone. In fact, I think that was the Patriots, actually, that, that was just surprised. But um, I think they're doing well with it. Um, I can't. Uh, as for whether there'll be more touchdown returns, that is a good question. Um, essentially, on special, on special teams, you make the guy miss, is what you're doing. Um, if you can make a guy miss, then you've got just as much chance as everybody else to uh, to get the return. But at the same time, and uh, even though the guys are going from a standing start on a kickoff team, they're still by the time they get to the ten yard, the ten yard uh, marker and the exclusion zone, they're still going faster than you. So. I'm torn on that. That's a good question. That might require further research. But I'm going to go on. If I had to choose either way, I would say yes, it might lead to more because I think there's more chance of a guy missing because of the pace difference. Right, okay. Um, so obviously week one's come and gone and there was two incidents what were attracting the referee's attention this weekend. So the first one, how do you think the referees cope with the new helmet rule this week? Um, so seeing an ejection this week, the Bengals game, wasn't it? Um, fully agree with the ejection. 
uh, I think we're seeing now the difference between how the officials are dealing with it in pre-season. Um, but at the same time, you're seeing offensive players not getting flagged for it, which is kind of frustrating as a defensive coach. I think, if anything, that I've seen from the application of the rule, the referees have to really define what it is leading the head with contact, um, to initiate contact, sorry, because the rule is, are they leading with the head to initiate contact? And the, the, the backside is that a ball carrier is not leading with the head to initiate contact, they're leading with the head or tucking, as they call it, to protect themselves. So I'm thinking the officials are doing well. I don't think they're doing too well with other penalties, such as roughing the passer and things, and they're mixing the two up. But I think it's good so far. And like I said before on podcasts gone by, I'm a full advocate for this rule, and I'll stand by it. Yeah, definitely. It's all for player safety. Well, you just touched yeah. touch yeah. on there on the other controversy part this week, Steve, and it's the, the amount of roughing the passer calls what were made. And some were, some wasn't. Yeah, I think it's a com. I think if, if there's anything that that I've got to say, it's, uh, I'm surprised that it's even affected that penalty. Um, obviously, the at the end of the day, you got to think about a quarterback as a as an investment, as an F1 car. You know, you, you, you're going to keep them going as long as you can, and you're going to do everything you can to protect them. That's not a sport thing; it's a money thing, um, and the the, the sport is come to the point where they've they're bought into that idea I think it's going to be impossible to play defence soon um, whether it's pass interference um, whether it's roughing a passer you, you don't know what the expectations are now and I think what they've set in week one is a defensive player just not knowing what they're expected to do in those situations well, leading like, to a more offensive sport Well like into your point there about the defensive players if a defensive player gets one on one with a quarterback what's he supposed to do what can he do well, exactly. The number one thing that I coach him to do is, you know, safely make a big hit. That's the first thing. You know, fair enough, there's mechanics to do that. But if you get to a position where the quarterback looks like he's got the ball or he has the ball, or you're within two or three strides of that guy, you make sure that quarterback doesn't want to hold the ball again. Yeah. They can't do that because they're going to slow down. You're seeing in college games now as well, you know, you're seeing with college kicking off a few weeks ago, you're seeing roughing the passer calls and PI calls left, right and centre for something that's very, very minimal. And you're thinking, are we just trying to make this a spectacle? Are we just trying to make this something good to watch by giving the offence as much chance as possible to roll the ball down the field? Or are we actually making this a competition? So if I had to say anything about the rules, it would definitely be to do with the, the rough and the passer. Excellent. Well, these data current questions we've had in this, Steve. I've just got, um, it's been a couple of weeks since I've had a chance to catch up with you. So I was just wanting to, obviously you're in now back into training mode in the pre-season pre- yeah. I was just wanting to get your take on the Brit Bowls, what finished last weekend, because I know you obviously were a keen spectator for the games. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the Warriors, I think it's two very different teams there. You've got the, you've got the head coach, Tony Allen of London Warriors, who's a, a veteran coach who's won, I think, probably six or seven national championship that he's won. And you've got the head coach, Tamworth, who is uh, Jason Scott, who's coached out in the States and run very successful programmes in the past. It's two great programmes fight off against each other. I think that it just came down to the fact that London just played better on the day. Um, I think Tamworth is still very much a championship contending team due to that. They've got quite a big GB roster, I think, on the line and maybe quarterback. And Jason Scott is a fantastic uh, coach who knows how to run a defence really well. Um, in fact, I feel like I've learnt a lot from him. So if they've set a good standard, I think. Um, going forward, and um, hopefully the university teams can, can keep that, you know, well, build that standard even higher. Yeah, 
so it's definitely something we're looking forward to and obviously you're back in the mix now so you're enjoying it now these i'm loving nights, it in fact speaking of uh, yes yeah well i wore tracksuit box for the first time the other day and it infuriated me um because i was cold and I've, I've already thought about what i'm going to buy to keep myself warm but um it's funny actually i mentioned it because jason scott is also the head coach of, Na- of nottingham uh, university and uh, we play them this year it's Beckett so I'm really 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 looking forward to playing them because um, you can really challenge yourself with it and go out there and compete and you know hopefully bring on the win um, but uh, uh, well I do uh, I do want to get a shout out though while I can because uh, we finished our youth season as you guys know and I saw on the Facebook page there was a uh, a, ra- a raffle or some sort of something um, that was done for the Leeds Academy Um that is absolutely amazing. That that is just beyond fantastic. So a big shout out to everybody who um, who paid for a ticket or however it's done because that is going to go so far in in helping these young guys play American football. Um, and it really is great community spirit. And it's just a showing such a great example for what what guys can do. Yeah, on to your point on that. I actually ordered it this morning. DM quarterback trainer. So yeah, you see, if it was up to me, it'd be um, it'd be something such a, a a tackle dummy. But unfortunately, the pretty boys with the you know the quarterback arms get the saying that, don't they? But we are really, really appreciative of that, and I'm sure that um, I might have to sneak a few goals a bit before I let the kids do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've got to test out, got to test out the kit. I've not to make sure that it's safe. You've got to test out. So obviously, as soon as that comes in, we'll have to come down and present it to guys. Because obviously, we're fully yeah, yeah, definitely. Youth and local round here, so I'm sure we'll try and get. Yeah, some I, more. I think. Sure um, we'll try and get I think some more fundraisers at some point. See what else we can help with. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think Dale, who is the um, sort of overseas entire American football in Leeds Beckett, and uh, Coach Will, who's head coach of the youth team. Um, I think they were talking about the idea of. Um, some sort of open day or open session where guys can come down and watch and, and see how we do things. Obviously, I keep sending you guys a couple of cheeky photos and videos in our little chat group, but um, yeah, we're really open for that. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time this week, Steve. And if anyone else wants to get some questions to Coach Steve, if you can drop us a question on the Facebook page or email us at the firstdownuk at gmail.com. Thanks again, Steve, for your time. No worries, mate. It's been a pleasure. Right, it's the time of the show where we're come to an, coming to the end and we always end with our honourable mentions. Who wants to start first this week? Well, Stuart's got two, and at the minute I haven't got any. So, Stuart, you talk while I see if I can think of anything. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, one of them's a, I'm gonna, it's a bit of a rant, to be honest. Um, and it's a rant like about a good rant. green. I do, I mean... I've got two now as well, so I'm all right. We carry on. All right. I'll join in a minute. So, my run is about the Green Bay um, Bears game. And my run is about how Aaron Rodgers, and don't get me wrong, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. He's probably one of the best of all time. I'm not questioning that. My gripe is a little bit around the fact that they've made him out to be some kind of messiah because he came back from me, he was injured, and then he came back onto the pitch and he led him to victory. Now... I don't know if anybody's watched the game, but when they got the ball with about three minutes to go and he started that final drive, he threw a pass, and he threw a pass straight at Kyle Fuller, the um, Bears cornerback, um, to which Kyle Fuller probably wouldn't have had an easier pick in his life, decided to just completely drop it. 
went now, into his stomach, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it literally went into his stomach and he dropped it. Now my gripe is that obviously they went on to make the play and yes, the next player and Rogers shifted around in the pocket, found some space, hit Randall Cobb. It went seventy seven yards or something for the touchdown. But if Kyle Fuller had have actually taken that catch, which quite frankly any cornerback in the league should be taking, what would we be saying the day after? Because it wouldn't have been, oh, Rodgers is brilliant. It would have been, Rodgers came back on injured and couldn't quite lead the Packers to a victory. And that's my slight gripe, is that people glossed over the fact that the Bears actually should have picked that ball and they'd have had two and a half minutes to run down the clock. They would have seen the game out and they would have won. So I think we've got to look at, we've got. don't get me wrong, I thought the way that the Packers had come back into it and only got within one score was brilliant, etc. Rodgers is, is still class. But in that moment... They could have lost it, and that I don't know. It's all the game is all based on moments, but that was one moment I think that a lot of people have just forgotten about because it was Rogers and Rogers went on to win and he went on to make that play. But there was just one moment there where, because of Rogers, they could have lost it as well. Did you also see straight after the game the interview with Aaron Rogers on the pitch? Oh yeah, he was off his face, wasn't he? How many drugs did they pump into your hand to get you back on the field? <laughs> yeah, was, I know. Honestly, he was off his head. <laughs> he was off his head, yeah. <laughs> Didn't make me laugh. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, when he came back onto the field, the way in which he was playing on one leg was impressive, and yeah. it was really impressive. But I just, my gripe was the fact that because he did make a complete the comeback, that people just forgot that in one moment he could have also lost him it. And it was more to do with the fact that the Bears made a mistake by dropping dropping the interception rather than Rodgers being fantastic in that moment. And that was my gripe, really. Yeah. Did you say you've got a mention there, Ian? I've got two. Um, the first one is, and Matt is going to be a moan that you're going to hear a lot this season, is Mr. Clappy. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say Justin Evans then. Yeah, don't, no, my man. No, that's my second one. Um he got interviewed after the game. And, well, in fact, Dak Prescott, he was like listening to Jason Garrett when he was interviewed after the game. We'll learn from this game. We'll keep doing the things right and we'll keep doing this. And it, it, it's just shocking at the minute. I, it, it's just beyond me how anybody can look at this team and think we're going in the right direction. He, he's still sat on that sideline clapping his hands. And you can go put it anywhere now. He's virtually getting called Mr. Clappy by everybody. You go to any of the American sites, Mr. Clappy. And he's keeping his job. I just don't get it anymore. Just do not get it with Alan. It did make me chuckle. It did make me chuckle on Sunday when it kept showing him on touchline. He was just doing like a smile, a snide little smirk, and it was like, yeah. "You do not. Everyone in America yeah. hates you." Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago, yeah, you can get away with it when we get into the playoffs, but you can't get away with it now. He'll be gone at the end of the season. Will he, though? I'm calling it now. They're going to have a losing season. He'll be gone at the end of the season, and Harbour from the Ravens will get the job. Well, then, can we start the Let's Go Cowboys chant? Yeah. Let's go, Cowboys! What about Tony Roma? Nah. He's on a cushy number. Yeah, that that is the thing. They've had a lot of money there, aren't they? It did say it all. Yeah. want to coach he's the Cowboys, safe, though, didn't he? 
Yeah. It'll be Harbour from the Ravens, I'm telling you. I've called it now. The NFL whisperer has spoken. Um, Corey Coleman. Uh, he's not taking until he until he catches a ball. I'm still denying it. Was it last week? I was talking about win, winningest, winningest team. Oh, are we back in uh, Ian Davis's dictionary corner? Yes, we are. And somebody else in our group has now picked up on it. And there's a as Richard said. There's been a whole conversation going on the Facebook site about it. Something else that got mentioned, and I'm going to blame it on the Americans, but I don't know where it started. Bounce back ability. It started on Soccer AM. Yeah, well, anyway, let's blame the Americans. Are you sure it didn't start with Soccer AM talking about Major League Soccer? I don't know. Ah, well, there you go. So, anyway, the Americans need to stop it with these words. I right. love their game. Can this be a feature every week, Ian? Can you find yes, an American be, word? It is going to be a feature. And it may not even be an American word, but we'll blame it on the Americans, OK? And I love, I love the Americans. Words, you know. words that upset Ian that he can yes. blame on the Americans. Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, let's do that. So that is a new feature that we'll have on the podcast. Um, my honourable mention... This week's is bounce-back ability. My honourable mention is going to upset Stuart because he's not at the moment. He's still not going to win this box of tea bags. But Andrew Luck survived week one. Yeah, that but he looked good as well. He got he got pummeled a couple of times as well, which was really yeah, upsetting. It was when he yeah. it was when he was doing his little quarterback runs. I was like, "What are you doing? You are just opening yourself up yeah. here." Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be honest, we've still got a couple of weeks yet. It's fine. Mister Mister Smith's going to be owing me a box of tea bags. Don't worry. And did you say you had another mention, Stu, or...? Yeah, my other one was um, the amusing saga that is the Oakland Raiders and the Martavis Bryant situation, where they now seem to have signed him on a one-year deal. Um, after releasing him last week, they've re-signed him this week, which amuses me. Um, I can only assume that it's because he was... If they'd have kept him on the roster... Last week, they would have been had to give him some guaranteed money. Um, and I think that based on the fact that they thought a suspension was coming for his ever using of drugs or the against the drug policy, they thought, well, do you know what, we'll just cut our losses, he's going to get suspended anyway. And I think this week it's turned out that actually due to some legal ramblings, his suspension might not come as quickly as they thought. So they've re-signed him on uh, basically a free agent's um, contract where he's actually getting paid weekly so that if he was to get suspended they can cut him without actually losing any money so in a way it's actually a bit of smart business from the Raiders because they've saved themselves some money, kept him on the roster and um, yeah but it just the mind boggles about when you become a professional athlete why would you keep wanting to do the drugs and get yourself suspended and especially yeah, in the media but, um, all the time yeah, so um, I just thought it was a funny one, but um, it's either going to work for or against the uh, the Raiders. But obviously, he's he's done all the training camp, so he'll be ready to go. So be uh, he'll be straight in as the wide receiver too this weekend alongside Cooper, won't he? So that's unbelievable. I've cut him. Um, I cut him from the fantasy. Yeah. And I've got an honourable mention. So, do you know, at the beginning of the, when we started the podcast, Stuart, we were on about quarterbacks and the failings. 
Yeah. What yeah. have Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, and um, Josh Allen all got in common after week one? Oh, I've got, I've got this. Well, we know they're all rookies. Well, you didn't say that. You didn't say okay. with any caveats. You said, what, they all got in common? They're all rookies. Through a pick on the first ball. Oh, interesting. Good there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it, they all did it on the first ball. The only one might be questionable is if um, Alan did it on his second. So what we're saying, I, just... I might be right and you might be wrong. Well, I'm definitely right. And you could be wrong. All I know was I, I saw Lamar Miller come in when there were 48 points to nil up and he still looks rubbish. <laughs> Not Lamar Miller, Lamar Jackson. It's just, yeah, I, I'm, my, my, my verdict's still out on that guy until he shows something. I know Stephen's mentioned in a two-minute drill that he's a future greatest draft pick ever from the Baltimore Ravens. I'm very surprised by that. He needs to show more in the pocket. That's what he needs to do. He needs to actually show that he can be a quarterback and not just a runner. And his instinct at the minute is to run. And that's that's where he needs to kind of change it, change that. And that's not it's not a bad thing. And having that in his in his locker is, is a good thing. But he needs to actually be a quarterback first. Okay. Anything else from you guys, or without us for this week? No, I think uh, we've mentioned Eli being rubbish. Um, we've avoided talking about the Cowboys, so I'm quite happy. Being rubbish. I can't, I can't hear you again. It's gone. It's gone. I think I, my parting comment would just be that um, I hope that Mr. Clappy keeps his job for as long as possible because. Um, <laughs> well, so does re- Jerry, apparently. <laughs> yeah, because it makes Ian really happy. I hope that, uh, that Dak Prescott maintains his. Um, his formula of um, not throwing the ball to anybody and um, basically keep flogging Ezekiel Elliott until he just basically falls over on one leg. Just, um, I think that would be really funny. I think we might need to do a bit of t- double teaming next week, Stu, because next week on the show we've got um, a fellow admin member called Phil Lucas coming on to discuss college football. However, he's a Dallas fan. So if Dallas lose, we might have two Dallas fans just wanting to talk about Mr Clappy for 60 minutes. Yeah, but and if I mean, you do lose to Giants, you are going to get ripped about Eli Manning beating you. <laughs> but we can't upset Phil too much because um, he's coming on to sh- give us an update on college football. So um, Dallas I- I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll let him give us the update on college and then I'll start abusing the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll, 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 we'll get the college segment in straight after news then, yeah? Before we do, yeah, yeah. Before we do yeah. week two highs and lows. And I'll be very yeah. quiet. Because I know nothing about college football. So, uh, well, I'm going to call it now that the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to call it now that the Dallas Cowboys will still be part of the uh, the laws next week. <laughs> um, I'll still be moaning about Mister Clappy, but I think we'll be one and one. Yeah, I'd, ho- oh, I'd hope you would be playing Eli. Yeah. No, this will be the one game that Eli shows what he's got. Eli's got nothing. <laughs> Um, Stuart, do you want to hit everyone up with our social followings? Uh, yeah, so if you want to um, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we are now the First Down UK, so come along and, uh, and find us. Um, you can follow the, the Snapcast at T-Snapcast on Twitter. If you want to follow myself, I'm at Ridiculed Idiot. Um, I never post anything remotely entertaining, but... Um, 
if you're really that desperate for followers, then uh, then pop along. Um, yeah, if you've got any questions, fire us an email, fire us a message on Facebook. We'll get back to you. Um, but yeah, come uh, come join the fun. Well, thanks for your time again this week, guys, and I'll speak to you again next week. Cheers, lads. Speak to you next week. Peace out. Podcast Network.